Antonians and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure is my personal party planning committee, Mr. <laughs> Shaheen Alvandi. That's why we have these little spit guards. The I had to, I like I had to like think about it. Like, all right, how am I gonna spit this out? Party planning fucking this up personal pooper <clears throat> how's your day <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know like Shane and i spent like an hour talking about like the craziness of today Which is and this rare, weekend. usually when we start when we see each other and we set this thing up it's like Shh, don't say anything save it for the well and it's weird too because like we've seen each other three or four times this week right which is not normal usually no. we just see each other when we record that and so we've we've been involved in each other's lives, and yet we still had to have like a sit down, like catch up on, on what's going on, kind of conversation. It's been an emotional week, man. Been a, it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot. It's uh, this week was one hundred. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm that's, here. That's a, that's fair. This week was a hundred. This this week was a seven ninety Duke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the the week, you know. Oh goodness gracious! Um, yeah, today is. I, I didn't go to a track day. No, um, me either. Though, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't have to say it's. I did help so, set it up this morning, which is always nice. I just like being there, getting the spirit. The weather looked iffy, and then it turned out not to be. You know, and that was like the thing. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to the story to that's totally. I would totally just edit out, anyways. But like classic Portland, where you wake up and you're like, "Hmm, it's gonna rain all day today." Right. I don't know. <laughs> and like you kind of have to like, like I haven't learned as a Portland inhabitant that that doesn't really nah, mean shit. No, because like the weather today was great, and it, I mean, made, it, it didn't rain sp- until like an hour ago. Yeah, and even there was just like a little spittle, eh. a little meh, a little nothing. I went through because uh, I rode down south, um, and then on the way back I went through I guess like the front of whatever that weather was. Yeah, it was just mostly very windy. Yeah, and it was a little 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 bit of wetness, but. Um, yeah, so I personally, I, I have like three different weather apps on this phone, <laughs> and the one that works the best for me is Dark Sky. Yeah, it's, I like it's, Dark Sky. It's been the most consistently correct one. I mean, I get it. It's, at the end of the day, you're just flipping a coin, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, but it said that there was not really going to be rain until like two or three o'clock this, this afternoon, but we set up at the track day, you know, every time we do a track day, we're there at like seven o'clock setting up. And then by eight o'clock, everyone's already in and checked in. And then eight thirty is the riders' meeting. Well, today at eight thirty, when the riders' meeting started, it started drizzling. And mm-hmm. I was like, "You motherfucker!" And then it just stopped. Yeah. And then it just didn't happen. Yeah. So it started. Uh, even I was like, "Ooh, dark sky! You led me wrong. You know, you, you you lied to me. I'm I'm sitting here trying to be positive." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a whole I had a whole day planned. I I, I had borrowed a hyper from you. Yep. I was gonna test uh, the new tires. I got um, an advanced set of the Pirelli Rosso fours that I wanted to check out. And I was excited. I was excited for you to burn some rubber and let me know what's up. Yeah, because um, you were gonna take that bike to the track day and lay down some laps. Yeah, I did. I did a street ride. So the reason I picked that bike, standard tire for it is the Rosso three. Mm-hmm. So perfect. 
you know, compare from the old one to the new right. one. Did a street ride yesterday. I was going to do a track day. I was going to mount the Rosso fours midway through the day, half a track day on each, see what the grip was like, and then do a street ride tomorrow. Just didn't get to it. Just didn't, just do didn't it. happen. In Sorry. the wine world, I believe they call that a vertical. Yeah, just really try the old one and then try the new one. See what the weather and the dirt. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I had, uh, I just got the Kramer tuned. Uh, buddy Chris at Cycle Tune in town here did me uh, did me solids. We just did a fuel test. Okay. And we, we figured out at least one fuel to use for the year. Nice. Okay. Um, so we were, like I wanted to go out and verify that that was going to work under track conditions and get some track time on the Kramer and look at some gearing things and I think a whole day plan just didn't happen. Just didn't happen. happen. Just one of those. And you went for things. a little ride and then a little Bambi tried to kill you. Yeah. Which that was is yesterday. Dick move nature. First time I've really gotten to ride on the street for, for pleasure. Right. If you can call it that. Um, but yeah, I got to spend some time on the Africa twin. Love that bike. And then I got to hop on a hyper. Love that bike too. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's the perfect garage hyper Africa twin. Some kind of a track bike. You know what I will say? The hyper fits in the garage a lot better than the Africa twin <laughs> does. I was like, I was putting the bikes away last night and I was like, man, there is so much more space in here. So much space. But the thing with the Africa twin is you just got to take all the bags off of it. You've got, you've left yeah. the panniers on it. No, yeah, that's that for sure. it's got a badonkadonk. It's got a big, you got it. You are definitely an ass man if you got an Africa twin in your garage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as, I, booty. as I interrogated a, a press officer uh, a week ago, not everyone in the motorcycle industry is an ass man, apparently. I mean, we are all different people, and we like yeah. different things. Yeah. So, so I was at the high boost launch. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Oh yeah. But they only had like one seat cal for each color bike, and I come in and I see it. I'm like, hey, can I, can I get the seat cal? Because <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of into it. You know, like because my my second bike was a Suzuki TLR and it has that similar oh, yeah. tail hump thing. Like I love that look. That's I why I bought that, that bike. That was such a Suzuki look. Yeah, so I was like, I I, I would like my pictures to have that. And the guy's <laughs> like, Yeah, I guess so. And I was like, Chop chop, motherfucker! You must not be an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> you must you don't understand what's going on in my brain right now. I don't understand that the booty of this Hayabusa is it's particularly like, juicy. Yeah. With that bike, it's all about the booty. It's all about the booty. Come on. That's I, a big booty bike. I've been looking at photos of that bike, and I actually think it's probably the best looking of the generations of Hayabusa. I like the way I it I didn't looks. say the same about the second gen. That, came, that one came out. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? What uh, is this? It's, um, I don't know. You want to talk about this bike now? You want to wait for a minute? Yeah, why not? Let's go. Okay. I'm, I'm in a Hayabusa. Here's why I'm in a Hayabusa mood. There's a chance we're going to take one in on trade at the shop. Ooh. And I told Ann, and she was like, tell me more. I'm like, go on. A uh, second gen. Not, not one of these new ones. 2001. Like, oh, okay. First gen. Oh, wow. Yeah. OG. Clean. Mint. You just said two things that don't, that don't mean the same thing. Mint and clean? It's from 2001 and it's mint and it's clean? Yeah. I don't believe you. It's, here's the best part Are of it. It is owned by a, uh, a gentleman more advanced in age than you and I. Okay. And I mean, he babies this thing. It's got a four to one exhaust, Yoshi exhaust on there. So you're telling me it only has one turbo on it? Right. How, I mean, how long is the swing arm? <laughs> it's normal. It's The bike is like stock looking except for what? the exhaust. Okay. It's so clean. It's beautiful. It's that silver and blue color. I do like that color. I do too. I like the copper a little bit more from that generation, but that was just because I saw the poster of the first side boost. It was that copper color. Well, it's just because no motorcycles ever had that color ever right. again. Right. That's Anyways, like a, all that to say, I'm quite excited about the Hayabusa thing. And uh, let's just say she was a little, a little, just a little upset that she didn't get to come to Utah with you. I She's waited at the airport for her. I was there. I was <laughs> like, when's your flight showing up? 
Uh, she got some swag out of it. She did. She got some swag. She's super excited about that uh, sweater you got for her. Yeah, that showed up in my hotel room. I was like, I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> She's like, I don't even know if it fits. I don't care. I'm going to wear it. <laughs> I'm like, I'll let Shaheen and fight over it. Um, no fight. Whatever's mine's hers. Hayabusa. Um, I'm, I'm in the midst of writing my review. This is one of the hardest bikes to review. In what way? What do you mean? Okay. Like if we rewind to like whenever that bike came out, whatever episode that was for yeah. us. Well, we had we had like grand ideas of what it should be, right? And then and then this happened. My mind has not changed from that position. Oh, really? You're still there? I'm still there because so this is the thing. Like this is why it's so hard to review because my biggest issues with that bike are that it didn't end up being what I wanted it to be or what you and I wanted it. Yeah, to we be. want it to be like an H2, basically. Right. Exactly. So it's hard to get over that and then evaluate the Hayabusa on, on whatever merits are left. And when you talk to Suzuki about it, their, their kind of, you know, line is that, well, we sent a bunch of polling questionnaires and focus groups and blah, 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 blah to Hayabusa owners and asked them what they wanted. You know, if they wanted like a turbo or a, uh, you know, electronics or a supercharger or a hybrid or you know whatever it was uh-huh. and they said no all we want is a better hayabusa like a modern hayabusa like a, an updated hayabusa so the people spoke so the people spoke now there's some wisdom in that right you're asking the people who buy this bike what they want and you're going to give them what they want right you do that at the peril of not getting buyers like you and i were like well we had a different idea of what we wanted so you're not going to get a Jensen and Shaheen on a Hayabusa, but you might get, you know, Mr. Hayabusa owner on a new Hayabusa. Do you think that's smart though? I mean, I, I, I always mean, wonder because I feel the like bait, the, right, right. I feel like the Jensens and the Shaheens of the world have the privilege of being in this industry, and we get to say things like, "Oh man, if it was only something crazy and wilder, you know, we'd be way more interested." And I, I always wonder: is there like a part of us that's I don't want to use the word jaded, but whatever is next to jaded. Because we're so used to being around these machines all no, the time. Jaded right? is, I think, absolutely a fair word. I, I am jaded. I know I am because I, I'm I'm spoiled. Right. Maybe right. spoiled is the word you're looking for. Uh, okay, spoiled. That's, it's that's it's in that word. nexus of jaded, spoiled. Because right. we're always around yeah. machinery that's really, really cool to the point where we're like, yep, that's a V4R. Very cool. Moving on. I know, right? Um, <clears throat> the Superleggera press launch is a great example where we've got a garage full of Superleggeras and a garage and the garage is full of Panigale V4s. Actually, there's more Panigale V4Rs than there were Superleggeras. And that's the bike you warmed up on, a V4R. Yeah, it's the fluffer. Like, the the my mind, 20-year-old exp- Shaheen's like, what? Right. You're sitting there going like, well, it's <laughs> just a Panigale shit. V4. It's just a, it's just a $40,000 motorcycle. It's just Whatever. like the epitome of, like, leader, you know, race just, bike. Just like the best superbike I've ever ridden. Uh, so yeah, because so those people, right? Th- those of us that are in that position, and there's a handful of us in the industry that those that have this privilege, and we get spoiled by it. And so when we see the next, the idea that there's a next Hayabusa coming out, we get to say things like, "Oh man, if they put like a little winglet action on there and put a supercharger right. or a turbocharger and right. basically made it like a 200 plus horsepower H2 beater, mm-hmm. that would be exciting. That mm-hmm. would be that next. Because when the original Hayabusa came out, we were like, "Fucking hell." Suzuki just pulled out their dung and they were like, enjoy. It's like I said, I said at the press launch to the, to the Suzuki team too. I was like, this is the bike that got me interested in motorcycles. Right. And this is, and this is like the thing I've been trying to wrap my head around because I think the Hayabusa fails 
to be a Hayabusa mm-hmm. in the sense of like, this is this ridiculous machine that grabs headlines with its, with its power and its top speed and its aerodynamics. And it comes at a time when it was a true halo bike and it got you excited about not just Suzuki motorcycles, but motorcycles in general. I think it fails in that regard of being a Hayabusa because that's what a Hayabusa was for you and I. Yeah. For Hayabusa owners, I think it's a great Hayabusa. Like if you're sitting there like, hey, all I want is a, is like a Hayabusa that's like the one I have now, but better. And you're like, this shouldn't be called a Gen 3 Hayabusa. This is like a 2.5 Gen Hayabusa. Right, this version, is a, whatever. It's a second Gen Hayabusa with a lot of changes to make things better right? with new bodywork and electronics. But the number of Gen 2 parts that would bolt right up to it is almost like the entire catalog. You know, you know the bodywork might not clear a Gen 2 exhaust, but those headers would bolt up to the motor. Interesting. You know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> it's the same frame. It's the same chassis. So in the sense of it being like the best Hayabusa that's ever come out, you're like, yeah, it absolutely is. You've done a great job of, of making this bike look good. It's got modern electronics on it it's it's uh it makes more torque down low it, it, you know a lot of people made a big deal about the fact like it's top speed and it's maximum horsepower are lower but it makes way more torque down low so it's faster zero to 60 is faster almost like i think a zero to 100 wow so like in terms of like real world usability and even drag strip usability it's a better machine you have created a better hayabusa if that was your goal congratulations but <laughs> it's not what you and I are looking for. And that's a hard thing to get over. Yeah. I wonder, and I, I have to imagine based on that conversation that you had with Suzuki, am I to assume that the majority of Hayabusa buyers are existing Hayabusa buyers? Is that is is returning customers their largest shareholder in the Hayabusa segment? So this is the thing. This is super interesting. And this is like this is the other part that I had to wrap my brain around. The Hayabusa, like the before this 2021 model came out, the Hayabusa sold extremely well. Hmm. It's a it's a top selling bike for Suzuki. I haven't seen numbers for the last two years, 2019, 2020, but 2018 ish, mm-hmm. they're still selling like a thousand plus units a year. I haven't. I can't speak to how many Jixer 1000s they're selling. But it's close, right? Like they might be selling 1,500 Jixer 1,000s and 1,000 Hayabusa's. And that's that's with a, you know, what was it? 10-year-old design or whatever at that point. I mean, yeah, it really is a 10-year-old design. There is a core market here of people that want to buy Hayabusa's. And that's that's the other thing you have to wrap your head around. It's like there are people that just want to buy a Hayabusa. They don't want a ZX-14. You know, when the ZX-14 came out, it was... I would say a better bike than the Busa had a bigger engine, made more power. Yeah. It was more comfortable. Well, Kawasaki had the privilege, you know, the, the, the luxury of having seen what the right. Hayabusa wasn't saying. We're going to one up it a little, but Hayabusa sales to ZX 14 sales. No comparison. Hayabusa no. crushed it. Yeah. And it's that same thing when Honda tried to make a better Harley. What's yeah. like, well, you, what you don't understand you is you don't, they don't, you don't get to out Harley Harley. You yeah, don't get don't, to out Hayabusa Hayabusa. It has the wrong logo on it. Like you can't just be like, Oh, I made you a ZX 14. <laughs> And so you you would buy that instead of a Busa because it's better, right? And like, no, you buy a Busa because it's a Busa. Yeah. And I think that's something you have to understand when you look at this bike as well, where like kind of like you have to protect a little bit 
that 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 space, especially if you're selling that many units, that's not a small number of bikes. No, like, that's I a was that thing's legitimately a surprised. Cow, yeah, legitimately surprised how many boosts they were still selling. They're so like, I get the conservatism to a certain extent, but um, I mean like like everything negative I would have to say about this bike is because it's basically a Gen two with some changes. It's still like I literally wrote them like they make us like do these little forms at the end to like review the bike and score it. And like, you know, like comments and stuff. And I'm like, remove 100 pounds. Because like legitimately, <laughs> yeah, like, it's a Gixxer. that's what I want. Like I want, I want a Hayabusa that weighs 100 pounds less. And the reason it doesn't weigh 100 pounds less is because it's based on a bike from like 20 years ago. Right. Do you think that the biggest detriment to a Hayabusa is the, is the leader bike? Because current <laughs> generation leader bikes are essentially more powerful and maybe even faster. Oh, yeah. I, uh, a, I would buy a Gixxer over a Hayabusa all day long i'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking about Ibusas that aren't really like grand touring with these things they're not well see this is this is this is why it's so fascinating to me shaheen this is such an interesting thing because the hayabusa is supposed to be a sport tour right it's a gt machine it's well it's, you know you say that though but it's not right it is by the definition of 20 years ago Correct. and i think that's the disconnect where it's like because even said it like during our process launch we so just just to back it up, we flew to Salt Lake City. We did a one day ride in the mountains outside Salt Lake City in okay. Utah, and then we did a one day track day at Utah Motorsports Camp, which used to be Miller Motorsports Park. Uh, fantastic track, by the way. Yeah, I I am hooked on it. Love huh. that track. Um, and like the reason we had a street ride was like this is a sport touring bike. We want to show you what the sport touring is like, and we took it up in the twisties. And I'm sitting there going like, it's way too heavy. Uh, the suspension is really nice. It's really, it's like a, we call it like the speed sofa, you know, because it's, it, because <laughs> it hauls, it hauls the bacon. Very good description. Yeah. And it's very, it, it, it's got a nice ride to it, but it doesn't handle super great like that. It's really heavy. My legs are super cramped. It's still that sport bike b- upright body position, uh, upper body position, I should say. So like I'm, like, I'm like, this is really not that comfortable. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily envision myself going cross country on one of these things. And you're sitting there going like, yeah, but 20 years ago, this is what a sport touring machine was. Right. And that's why when adventure bikes came out, especially ones that were like the Multistrada or the KTM um, 1190, which then became the 1290, mm-hmm. uh, now the BMW S1000XR, that's why those bikes destroyed the sport touring market as we knew it. Yeah. Bikes like the Hayabusa stopped being sport touring bikes because there are better bikes. Like, like I would absolutely take a Super Duke GT or just about any adventure bike that Africa Twin probably doesn't have the punch. Doesn't have the power, but but I'm actually I'm not like missing a ton of power because it's got good torque. Yeah, like the Africa Twins on the like lower end real, real world use where speed limits yeah. are thirty to fifty miles an hour through your favorite twisties. The Africa yeah. Twins pretty impressive. And it's the same thing. Like, why is the Harley Pan America looking so so intriguing? Mm-hmm. Because because it's it's got enough power and comfortability and it's more uh, upright and sporty like like there's just a plethora of right. better bikes that fit the quote-unquote sport touring category even though there may be adventure sport or adventure touring bikes so you're like sport touring huh like that's, I mean, we've literally watched the suvs take over the the sport wagons right right like i get it i totally understand it but this again begs the the question that you and i've been asking why didn't they just make a crazy hyper bike out of it they, they have this there's no real again from my perspective there is no real need for this motorcycle there, i don't i don't see what niche it's filling aside from the 
the uh, mm-hmm. nostalgia of the mm-hmm. original 20-year-old machine. That's the thing, right? Um, I think well, you, you said two things there. Why they why they build it the way it is now? This this what I call the Gen 2.5. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's I think it's dollars and cents. I think it's I think it's really easy. They've they've basically got all the machinery, all the tooling, all the molds to keep uh, building the bike for mm-hmm. pretty cheap. Um, they can basically take the electronics that they have on the Jixer and put it on this, and then it's just new body work and a little bit of aerodynamic work. And and, and it looks handsome. And it looks good. I love the way it looks. Yeah, uh, especially with that with that booty tail. Come Oof. on, that Oof. seat count makes it just just completes the whole package. Uh, and call it done and you're like that's that's not bad i don't know if i like it at the price tag of like 18.5 that was my next question do we think they're going to sell as many per year at this because now it's almost four thousand dollars five thousand dollars more than the original uh four thousand dollars more or yeah. not the original than what it replaced well, the, the one it replaced was was the same price as the jixa they're both 14.5 right uh thereabouts i might be screwing it might be like 14.7 or something but it was 14 and a half um again that's that's a really I have two minds about it. If you were to look at it and just say, what bikes does this compete with? And I would say Kawasaki ZX 14 R Kawasaki H two S X. Let's say, okay. You know, the, that's their sport touring. Right. H2. That's their naked sport touring. thing. Right. It, I mean the H two and the H two S X. If you wanted to, that, that, that is more of a sport touring bike. Actually, it is. And that's why I think, I, I think that bike is the spiritual animal of what Hayabusa thinks or Suzuki yeah. thinks the Hayabusa is. So you're talking about a bike that's fifteen thousand dollars and a bike that's twenty five thousand dollars. Right. I'm getting these prices. I'm just doing. Off now you're, my you're head. pretty correct. I'm I mean, them. ballpark. You're pretty close. I wrote them down. Uh, ZX14 is fourteen or fifteen two. Ninja H2SXSE Plus, which is what we sell in the US, twenty five five. Look at the high boost in there, right down right in the middle. middle. It's got more features than the ZX14. It has less features than the H2SXSE Plus. It's priced right in the middle. And I think that's exactly what Suzuki was thinking. But I look at it and I go, so it's more money than the Jixer? Yeah. And less performance? And less and the Jixer, the Jixer was a brand new, all the way from the from scratch, new model motorcycle. And it sells just a little bit more. Than the Hayabusa does, and understand like this model Hayabusa will be a world market Hayabusa, which has not been the case for the Hayabusa recently. Huh. Uh, Euro four and all that stuff kind of kind of killed Busas. Um, so this is a bike that's designed for Japan, that's designed for Europe, that's designed for the U.S. So they're going to have a boost in global Hayabusa sales. They, we've sold it was kind of cool. Two hundred thousand Hayabusas have been sold over the lifetime of this bike. Wow. Half of them have been in the United States. Wow. Right. Um, so the, bringing it back to the world market is going to be a big deal. But I still sit there and I'm like, why isn't this bike like 14 grand? Or let's let's say let's say you just had to add the electronics in. Right. Why isn't it 15 grand? Because the hard part, the mechanical parts, there's some changes. But like those shouldn't be changing the price of, of what it costs. If that was a fourteen thousand five hundred dollar bike this year. Why it should be like a fifteen thousand dollar bike this year? Sorry, if it was fourteen five last year, why isn't it fifteen this year? Right, and then like cost of the bodywork changes and electronics, like IMU edition, which yeah, is not like what you already kind of had the parts right, for. Right, I still I'm like I don't know why this bike is more than sixteen grand until I think about it versus the two Kawasaki's. So, and then and then you come I come back to the people who buy this are buying it because it's Hayabusa. Maybe Suzuki's opinion is. 
they're going to pay whatever you charge them. They might, right? It's, you I mean, know? it's sort of a legacy bike. You know, people like my wife know what it is, even though she's not in the motorcycle world in any way, shape, or form. She, or like her knowledge of motorcycles is whatever the heck she hears me talk about from time to time. Sure. But she knows a Hayabusa. She knows it by look. She knows it almost by sound. She she understands that bike from her perspective. That's a limited motorcycle knowledge. And so, you know, they've become the, I mean, they've essentially replaced the word ninja in the motorcycle. You know Hayabusa, mm-hmm. right? You know exactly what it is. You know what it stands for. It's the Kleenex of motorcycles. So, <laughs> it's the Kleenex. Right? But it's it's interesting to me because they've done a great job of capturing people, but not but. And the way they captured people was with the hyper bike that blew people's brains just out of their heads. Right. And so this is going back to what you and I were talking about. We're like, man, they could have like Hayabusa it, you know, like just like 2021, the year the Hayabusa comes out and just, just knocks you off your feet. Good looking bike. Every time I see a picture of it, I'm like, that's handsome. I would actually, that would be my garage. I think this is a boomer's Busa, not a millennial's Busa. Oh shit. All right. Okay. I just I just thought okay. of that while you were talking, because that's what it is, right? Because it's you and I are sitting here. We're we're millennials, right? Ish. We're kind of like you're I'm more Gen, Gen X. X. Gen Xer. I'm right on the border. Uh, I'm the son of a boomer. <laughs> um, but we're in that that younger generation. Where we're like we want that that cray that cray cray. Yeah. That superlative. That superlative motorcycle. That's our generation. I mean, I was 22 years old when that bike came out, so yeah. it was like. But like this is. I feel like people that are buying boosts now are a little bit on the older side anyways. We're in our forties, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna be like 40, 40, 50. <laughs> but it is that like like you bought it because it was a Busa and you just want a better Busa. Like you bought a Busa when you were twenty something years right. old. And now you just want a better Busa because you're just a Busa Busa person. A Busa person. Busa person. I went to a, a Busa booster. You got the Busa hat, you got the Busa jacket. Yeah. You live in you live in one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what the it's interesting. I always liken motorcycles to cars. I, I like both a lot. The Hayabusa reminds me of the Cadillac CTS V. Mm-hmm. When it first came out, you're like, fuck yeah. This like Corvette engine, six mm-hmm. speed manual, raw Cadillac, you know, car with a Cadillac uh, tag on there. And then as it grew up, it became, hev- you know, sort of bigger, more luxurious, still had an edge to it. The The most current iteration of that car, I don't know if they, if they make it anymore, but I just saw a newish one yesterday. It's a bigger car it's a more luxurious car it's a hundred and ten thousand dollar car and you look at it and you're like i don't know that if it i don't think it got like forty thousand dollars better from its original intention but the people that are buying it are people that you know 20 years ago went man i want to own that one day and now they have the money for it and maybe they want some more luxury and a little more quiet and a little more i don't know dignified i guess and the Hayabusa is sort of, to me, the same thing. I mean, as soon as you're like, oh, yeah, like this bike's 20 years old now. I was a different person when I was 20 years ago as opposed to now. It's like I still have dreams of that bike. I still love it. When somebody said they're going to trade one into the shop, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I would love to ride that bike. But I know if I sit on that, you know, essentially 15-year-old motorcycle that's going to come to our shop and then sit on a brand new Hayabusa, I'd be like, well, the new one's got all the goodies that I want. It does. And... It's not a bad bike. Like I think my I think like my scorecard for Suzuki, I think I gave it a 4 out of 5 overall. Wow. And that was just kind of blind and I went back and looked at, like the individual ranking stuff and I was like, yeah, I got some 3s in there, I got some 5s in there, it kind of all averages up to 4. It's it's a B. Yeah. It's a B bike. Like and I think that in, in a lot of ways that's maybe a win for Suzuki because because it isn't an all new design. 
because it is a, a taking of the old design and a, and a fluffing and a, and a redressing and a, and a sprucing up like for it to still be a be like, yeah, would I would like a hundred pounds taken off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's called a jixer. Absolutely. Well, just, just because it is a heavy bike, it is a heavy bike to push around in a parking lot. Yeah. It's a heavy bike. I was it on the track. Well, that's the thing. I actually didn't like it that much on the road. I, I really thought the weight and the position, like I struggled with that bike. And if you look at the photos in the review, like I don't look comfortable because it's a flowing bike. It's because not a snap back to side to side bike. You yeah. got to flow with it. Got it on the track. First few sessions. I mean, first session I'm learning the track. Second session, I'm kind of like, okay, like I'm having a little bit better time, like picking my lines and stuff. And they did kind of tighten down the suspension a little bit for us. So yeah. I was like, that made an improvement. And then the last, uh, we have four sessions. And then we did a drag thing. And like the uh, third and fourth session, I, I really like, all right, let's start playing with some susten- suspension settings. Let's start playing with some tire pressures. I want to see if I can make this this bike perform. And you can. That that bike can get on the hustle side of it. I mean, yeah, it's a big bike. Yeah, it's heavy. But I'm over here with like one chicken wing still <laughs> getting it done. Like it's, it's not a bad track bike. It, is it like I'm going to go win a group? Probably not. But I'd hustle the shit out of it in B group. This would be the perfect bike to be a track instructor on for B group. Really? Because you can catch that sport, that leader bike, bro, because you've got that that power. And if you're a better rider, you're going to out hustle them in the turns anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not a leader bike in terms of handling, not even close. Right. But it's not like it's like the gold wing. It's not like it was like a, a bike that you really had to arm wrestle around the racetrack. You know, it, it could hold the line really well. It has a pretty good amount of, of ground clearance. It the suspension is good enough that you can put changes into it and and make the chassis do what you need to do. So it is fully adjustable. It's fully adjustable. You know, they've done the good thing, like, like it's got good parts on it. Um, I would say like for 18.5, the the fit and finish is pretty good, the components are pretty good, the controls are good, the interface is interesting it's a tft lcd hybrid yeah it looks like they're trying to kind of keep the original hayabusa style dash in place so but. yeah so it's got the four analog uh speed tack fuel and temperature i believe mm-hmm. and then the middle there's a screen that's part tft part lcd and that's your electronic menus and settings and stuff okay it's pretty easy. You can control two settings more or less on the fly. You just have to close the throttle for them to take effect. Which is what, like power and traction or what? You can set it to what you want it to be, uh. but I think the default is you have your your overall mode, which there's three presets and three users, user modes. And then it's, yeah, power and traction control are your default, but you can change them. So it's set up pretty well. Um, and it's, I mean... It's a big bike. It's a 582 pound bike. Ooh. It is. It, and that's exactly what Girthy. it is. But having been on a 580 pound Moto E electric bike, this thing was way easier to hustle. Huh. I was surprised. Like on the brakes, it was better on the, the chassis it was better. So maybe that's a more of a negative for Nergica to get their Moto <laughs> E bike. I do think the chassis on that bike, the way they set them up is totally wrong, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, I would still like more braking power. I thought the brakes were dramatically underpowered. Um, Do you think this might be as simple as changing the pads that they put on it? It's it's such a Suzuki thing where it's rubber lines. Oh, wow. It's, it's pads that don't bite. And I was curious to see that they're not using um, 330 millimeter discs. I don't uh, It looks like 320s to me, but it could even be 310s. 
I'm uh, actually surprised that it has rubber lines on it. So am I, and it's and it's noticeable. I mean, for there's price, for its price uh, range and its weight class. For its weight, like they have the Stylemon caliper, calipers on there, the Brembos, but it needs more braking force. I mean, you're stopping almost, you know, with with a rider on it, you're stopping almost, you know, 800 pounds. You know, at least a rider like me. A rider like myself, <laughs> like 900 pounds. <laughs> but you know, like you're going to need more braking power than that. You know, yeah. so like you're needing like a super bike level of braking, and you're not. And that's the same issue I have with the Jixxer. It's like really rubber hoses. Like, are you kidding me here? Like, it needs. Yeah, but a Jixxer is like a, a a bargain leader bike. How much does it cost to get a stainless steel? No, no, that, but that's line? the thing, right? Like, if you're going to have a bargain bike, then at least I get the bargain things. But the Hayabusa is not exactly. No, for it's, 18, the, it's a middle middle range bike. It's not. I wouldn't call it a bargain bike anymore. The ZX14 is more bargain. Exactly. For 18.5, there's some expectations. Right. And one of them would be steel braided brake lines. I actually was expecting you to say it had uh, maybe electronically controlled suspension on it. Another thing I think would be a good idea to have on it. Does you have anything with that, though? Uh, does think the Jixxer R have it? Now you're going to make me look. I feel <laughs> like it does, but maybe not. It's been a while since I've been on one. I'm trying to buy time while I go on the website. I keep clicking the button that I shouldn't be clicking. Damn it. I Damn like it. buttons. Damn it, Gina. Damn it, Bobby. No, just looking really quick. It doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. No, it does not. It's interesting. So, I don't think there's any Suzuki bikes. I don't think there's either. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, would I fault them for not having it? No. But if you were going to justify that eighteen five price tag to me, because I really think that bike should be like fifteen five, right. that would be a good way of doing it. Even at sixteen five, I'd be like, all right, I'd still want you know stainless steel braided lines on it. But especially when I know, like, just because of like what the previous bike costs and what this one costs yeah. like they have to be making a mint i have to they imagine have to they did they did all the homework and realized that the people who are buying it are probably okay with its price tag and i'm i really am curious for the next year to see what the sales look like nationally and i guess globally for that bike cuz it is a i think it's probably one of the best looking versions of the ibusa it looks great so and, and it'll it'll appeal to those people on a visual and on an emotional scale Question is, will they be willing to stroke a check for it? Yeah. I, I'm one of those people that thought the old Hayabusa looked good. Yep. So I'm, I already know I'm in a weird camp, but I think this one looks great. I love the dual can exhaust. Yes. That look, even though like that's probably not the best thing for horsepower and weight, but that's another iconic element of this bike. The Hayabusa just looked like the next iteration of the TL1000R to me. It just carried <sighs> that line so beautifully. I would love for Suzuki to bring the, like, oh, a version of that I would love back that so much. With better rear suspension. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of things here like this is that's why i say like it's really complicated like if you're a hayabusa person that maybe already has a hayabusa in the garage i think you're going to be really excited about right. this bike if you are someone that's like you and i that was looking for an h2 killer i think it's hard to be disappointed or it's hard not to be disappointed yeah. because you didn't get what you wanted yeah, be to going back with. to the drawing board to look at a kawasaki again yeah at the end of the day it's it's not a bad bike like like you know, I'm I'm trying to get Suzuki to to let us have one for a little while, and I would like I would still love to have one in the garage for a little while because yeah. I think it'd be fun. Am I going to buy one? No. Would I buy an H2? Probably. Probably. I, and it's funny though. Like I think the H2 is such a trick and cool bike, but 
and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like people like you and I have a soft spot for the Hayabusa where I still smile. Every time I see it, I smile at it. I mean, like you said, it got in, got you into motorcycling. Right. I mean, I think the proof in that putting, like what I just said, would I buy an issue? Obviously, I haven't. It's a bike that's been out for a while, and I right. haven't. Right. But if a Hayabusa H2 came out, <laughs> you know, like like a, a, an H2 killer oh. that was called a Hayabusa, that would probably make me start thinking about it. Because that, a- that would that would like that would it's the right name with the right pedigree with the right things doing the right stuff. Right. And I want it. Hayabusa R. Suzuki, if you're listening, Hayabusa R. Hayabusa Here's R. your chance to redeem it. <laughs> Slap that $24,000 price tag on there. Put a supercharger on that thing. And let's have some fun. Yeah. 250 horsepower minimum. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting motorcycle. I've never had to like wrap my head around a bike as much as this before. I really hope that Suzuki lets us have one for a while just because it's it just there's so many like 22 year old fantasies in my head of that bike i just i want to do all kinds of rides team team man's already said it if he gets one i swear to god i better have a day on that thing yeah um what else can i say about it bridgestone made a special version of the s22 tire for it which works pretty good yeah you enjoyed it on the track and everything yeah that's a good tire um that's a good street tire uh, and it held up fine on the racetrack. Um, the only kicker is, is like, because of the weight, like if you buy a Hayabusa, like, and you want to like, kind of keep things within the realm of sanity, mm-hmm. that's really going to be the tire you're going to be stuck with because no one's making a sport bike tire that can go on a bike this heavy. That's, that's an interesting spot. The Hayabusa is in because it makes a ton of power, but it also yeah. weighs a lot. Yeah. And so. The only thing, especially with the torque, the torque's like a hundred pound feet. Woo. Just so like, roasting that rear end. Yeah, there are some like sport touring tires on the market that could probably fit. Oh, they'd fit, but I don't think any of the performance that you want out of the Hayabusa. Yeah, they they do okay, but like, like I, I will say, one of the things I really liked was the electronics were really well done, um, because I was spinning up that rear a lot coming out to the front straight. Wow. And I had to take the traction. There's 10 levels of traction control. I took it all the way down to five. Wow. You know, right in the middle. And it was still like that would that would help me control how much it was spinning up and sliding coming onto the straightaway, mm-hmm. but didn't really get in my way on the rest of the track. And I was like, you know, it really is a usable range because on most sport bikes, you would stay like one, two or three mm-hmm. and three would probably be a little too much intervention and one and two, you're kind of like it kind of depends on the track and the tire and the day. And this one, I was like, I like the fact that Suzuki gave a pretty big range of like usable modes. Like I could like five and four, like, okay, that's a usable difference. And three mm-hmm. and like one, it was like, holy crap, I'm going to high side myself to the moon. <laughs> and two was like a little bit less of it. And they're like, okay, that's interesting. Um, so I thought they did a really good job on the electronics package. Um, I would still want to see a snappier throttle, like in the sportiest throttle mode. Hmm. I would like to have a more direct feel. It was still a little too Turi out of the sport Turi equation. Got a little it. bit more sport in there. But um yeah, it was a pretty good that's the thing, like it's it's a solid B. Like like if you're a high boosted person, you're gonna be happy. Cause they they did a good job with that. I everything I fault about it is like the old Hayabusa problems. So like if you've already gotten over the fact that's a five hundred and eighty pound bike, you're fine. Then you're good. You're yeah. good to go. So I'm I'm crossing fingers that we get to have one for a little while. 
Yeah, I think I think you'd enjoy it. Hmm? I think you'd enjoy it. I think so too. I don't think your wallet would enjoy it. Whatever. I feel like I feel like you'd make a, a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures right now. It looks really good in the gold and black. I uh, that that might be I mean, no surprise to anyone, yeah. my favorite color combo. Even I was like looking, I was like, she's gonna really like this. <laughs> it needs gold wheels though. The black I, wheels. I agree yeah. on that wholeheartedly for just about every vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It looks it looks pretty good. Uh heard some rumors. New Jixer maybe for next year or updated Jixer. Like the entire lineup? No, one thousand. Oh. I God knows what's going on with the six hundred and seven fifty. I, I heard rumors two, three years ago that we're gonna see six hundred and seven fifties from reliable sources, like multiple sources. Still haven't come to fruition. Oh, so who knows what's going on there? Who knows? Maybe twenty twenty two is the year. Maybe um, full fairing SV six fifty. So like an S model again. Maybe for yeah, uh, for next year could be a thing. I think they're saying that the R seven and the RS six sixty are. I think the stirring a lot of shit up. Yeah, I think they saw that and they're like, huh, we got one of those. Does Honda Honda has the CBR six fifty? The CBR650 is a four-cylinder. Yes, but they don't have a twin. They have a twin. They have the CBR500R. But not not like a 700, 600. No, they need one. Because the 500, like you can't take the 500 and make it work. It's no. just, it's too much of a budget thing to begin with. And well, even the 650 looks and feels kind of budget. 650, well, the... Like the a com- it's a great commuter, but... They went from the F to the R, and the R made some really good changes. Uh, I sent Shalina to that press launch, and she had good things to say about the bike. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, the problem with the, with the CBR 650R is just, it's in a class of like its own. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, it's in a class that should be a bunch of twins, you know, cylinder motors rather than four cylinders. I think the four cylinder, I mean, we've said this before. I feel like the four cylinder 600 CC thing is just going to be a thing of the past pretty soon. Everyone's starting to see the merits in the twins and the fact that you have this nice torque that. You didn't get to have from the yeah. little, you know, four cylinders. It's funny we say that, but like, you know, we were getting excited about the idea of the the Suzuki 400cc four cylinder that they're going to make that's going to redline at like a gazillion yeah, RPM. Yeah, but we're stupid. Uh, this, I, get, I wholeheartedly agree. We're, we're, I mean, like if someone was like, hey, you want to buy a Ninja 25, 25R? Like, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, how much? Yeah, 10 yeah, grand. Yeah. God damn it, fine. But still, yeah, I'm not fine. happy about Let's it. Let's do it because that sounds stupid and I like it. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't say like we're the stereotypical slash rational motorcycle purchaser. We're I don't think the words we're rational at- and motorcycle usually go hand in hand, Jensen. I just feel like we're in that stage of our motorcycle dumb that we're into like the weird shit. Yeah. That's okay. Again, see, that's the thing. Cause we've been spoiled. We've been around a bunch of shit and it's like, yeah. give me something different. Give me something that makes me go. What the fuck is that? Yeah. No, Why I does mean, that exist? Can I have it? A Benelli tornado shows up on Craigslist. I'm going to scoop it up <laughs> because I'm an idiot. Because I'm just an idiot. Why do you think I have a 2004 uh, Tuono factory R? I rest my case. <laughs> Your Honor, I rest my case. As soon case. as my friend was like, hey, you can buy this. Fuck yeah, I want to buy this. I want it really bad. I've always wanted one and it's in my garage and I love that thing to death and it terrifies me. Yeah. It's so funny. I was thinking about that bike. My Multistrada is faster, easier, smoother in every way possible from that bike. Yeah. But every time I ride that Aprilia, I giggle. I mean, it's just like, it's just a high side waiting to happen the way I'm riding it. It's just, it's, it's like, 
It's like your bike. It's the, the Street Fighter 1098 yeah. without the power of the Street Fighter. I still think, I will always say for the rest of my life that the Street Fighter 1098 is the only motorcycle that every time I get on it, I have to talk with it and be like, today, we're going to get along. I'm it's not going to do bike. I'm not going to do anything stupid. You're not going to do anything stupid. Chassis gonna, is weird. The motor's crazy. Yeah, it's just it's all, a weird it's, bike. It was Ducati's sense of humor era. They were like, best of luck. Try not to die. You're probably going to. We got lawyers. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. You, I don't know if you do. <laughs> we're incorporated in Italy. Come on. So after I us. love that that era of motorcycles, you know, in the Italian side with the twins. And they were just like, yeah, we're just going to give it as much power as we can. Not give you any electronics. Give it pretty good suspension and brakes and uh, good luck. Yep. So I love those. But, you know, you get on that bike and then you get on a modern Multistrada, which is a, you know, adventure touring bike and go fuck i can go so much faster through everything on this bike like i bet i could go on pir and probably do five to six seconds faster on my multistrada than on that aprilia oh yeah absolutely it's it's that whole thing makes me laugh but then you know like you said we're just stupid that aprilia makes me go yep i want that that's why i want a hayabusa with the goddamn turbo or supercharger on it do the right thing hayabusa or suzuki well they didn't sorry I mean, do the right thing by us. I know we're the minority, but still. I just want it like 100 pounds lighter. <laughs> it's like That's just like my only... Well, that's like, the thing, though. If they didn't make it 100 pounds lighter and they gave it another 100 horsepower... I'd be okay with that, too. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. 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 Well, um, it's not going to happen, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the aftermarket scene exists and people go and actually turbocharge their own Hayabusa's and make 300 horses or more listen a Hayabusa motor in a Kramer chassis go wow <laughs> that'd be a bad news bears wow bad news bears Kramer Joe just like had a twitch he didn't even know why uh, yeah oh they sent me uh, Dots pretzels you gotta take them home with you those are so freaking delicious they're amazing I, I'm not even a pretzel person yeah neither am I brappy little sister brought some to work yeah and I was like, don't get these out of my face, please. I'm going to have to take those home. Anne's going to yell at both of us. Yeah. I also, they also Wait, sent me I want a um, motorcycle. I don't have any bags. <laughs> I'll send you, yeah, I can give you like a little backpack. They even sent me uh, the pretzel crumbles that you use for like baking, oh. like pies and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the cheese curds, did they give you any of those? Yeah. They're basically like Cheetos, but saltier. So where, where's this company out of? Is Fargo, it? North Dakota ish. Dots pretzels. Yeah. Yo, if you're listening, I'm telling you, order some. It is. You can find them like they're they're in Safeway. They're in like you gotta like kind of look for them. But I've been finding them in like Plaid Pantry carries them. What? Yeah, Plaid Pantry is our Seven Eleven. Third. Oh my gosh, it always smells like um, Plaid Pantry, like pine salt in there. <laughs> you ever notice that? Yeah, Everyone right. I've ever been in sounds smells like someone like. Here, I mean, understand like a Seven Eleven is nicer than a Plaid Pantry. Plaid pantries are not good establishments usually. No, you walk in there. I've used the ATM at one. I'm like, what am I doing this? Yeah, no, your your number got stolen. <laughs> Plaid pantries, like, like the reason I think it smells like pine salt is probably because someone took a shit in one of the aisles <laughs> and they couldn't find it. So they're just like, let's just clean everything. Just just, uh, just spread some of this around. It'll be yeah. fine. Always smells like pine salt. But anyways, all that to say, Dots Pretzels. If you're listening to us, if you like crunchy, salty, delicious things, Go get them. I personally don't like dried pretzels, but I love these damn things. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. Thank us later. Just like college. Just like, wow. That was not my experience. <laughs> I didn't put anything I didn't want in my mouth, Jensen. <laughs> I had a lot of pretzels in college. Oh, That's what you were doing. Uh, speaking of things to put in your mouth, 
Oregon governor vetoes bipartisan lane sharing law. Why, Governor Kate Brown? Understand. Are you so horrible? I, why? Why did you do this to us? I don't understand it. And it's uh. here's what I love: bipartisan bill. Yeah, tons of support. Yep, easily passes uh, the Senate and the House. And the governor's like, well, it just doesn't seem safe. It doesn't seem safe for the motorcyclists. So veto. And you're like. The reason we want this bill is so we can be safer. Like, you're killing me. I I can't, for the life of me, understand what there was for her to gain. If there was some committee somewhere that was like, if you do this, we'll kill you or something. I don't know. I, I think, don't know what. Because it was there. This is the farthest we've ever gotten. And there's still a chance that they can overturn her. And he's, no, it's gone. That's gone. No, I mean, like, yeah, there's a chance. But um, so it passed the House, I believe. Right. With the two-thirds majority it needed. But the Senate, it was two votes short of the two-thirds. But six senators weren't there to vote. But here's the thing. This is what I think people are not realizing at all. A veto is a very political thing. You're you're basically going against the governor's authority. Yeah. And you're basically saying like you're not powerful enough to to veto this law that the state constitution gives you the right to do. That's going to immediately make this a partisan issue. So what was a bipartisan bill is now like it's going to be really hard for a Democrat in Oregon to vote to override the veto because you're going to undermine the authority of the Democrat governor. Right. So like I look at that I'm just like oh yeah no you're not going to get the veto. It's too political. We live in too much of a polarized time. Uh, governor Brown is too contentious of a governor with the policies and all that, that she's enacting. No, this is going to start. This is going to go. That veto override vote is going to 100% go down party lines and it's not going to work. I've actually been lane splitting more since then. That happened. Just, just, just to be spiteful just to do it. Yeah. Like I'm so mad about it. I literally saw that happen. That, that headline coming through and I was like, you gotta be shitting me. I can't believe that. Like, if, I remember back to the show that we just did. I was like one or two shows ago. Yeah, we were excited. It was there. And I remember saying, I can't believe this is happening. I thought Oregon would be the last state to enact lane sharing. And then this happens. And I was like, yeah. Was, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Isn't Utah doing some ver- version yeah. of filtering? Yeah. Come on, y'all. Everybody around us got to band together and do the f- motorcycle filtering thing. Utah's and then- great. You can. Uh, their rule is you can only filter up to a stoplight or a stop sign. I would actually is, rather have is, that. I'd rather have that too. Yeah, I would way rather have that. The problem with that is the, and this is what I think what happened behind the scenes. Uh, city of Portland, very much against this. Yeah. Uh, police departments, uh, DOT, very much against this. Dude, motor units were telling me they're against it. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's funny. Like the places where you couldn't lane split were the ones that would, that were the most against it. Right. And that I think that was the pressure that was put on the governor. Yeah, which is why ultimately they said, "Hey, on the highway, as long as the speed limit's yeah. above fifty-five. But even then, like like or Portland, of course, Portland would love to do away with cars completely if they could. So, um, that is literally the city's policy. That is the whole like vision zero thing. Portland's whole thing is zero car fatalities is the goal. The only way you're going to get plenty. zero car fatalities is to get rid of cars. Yeah. Because we have too many dumb drivers that drive into trees and if you and look stuff. deep into it, because of the zero fatalities thing, they keep looking at motorcyclists because we are, you know, statistically higher fatality number than cars. Sure. And so they are, they have all these 20s plenty signs everywhere. Oh and just to be spiteful, I want to spend like $1,000 and buy a bunch of 150s nifty signs 
<laughs> be like, it rhymes. Put, it looks just like your sign. I'm putting outside it PIR. Oh, I want to put them all over <laughs> PIR. So, sorry, Oregonians. Your governor sucks. I mean, our governor. We, 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 we live here. Not my governor. <laughs> Not my governor. I tell you what. I mean, technically, for like three years, I lived in Oregon. I wasn't technically a citizen. No, I was so. So impressed, <laughs> surprised. Like, I don't know what it's I was my, when you got it's uh, like my personal Oregon protest. Place. Uh, it was when my registration <laughs> came due in California. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it wasn't the registration. It was my license. I never renew my license. Oh. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, bum deal. Um, to make you happy, though, Shaheen. Yeah. Ducati is working on a multi-strata V4 with a single-sided swing arm. That makes a lot of people happy. Now, that makes a lot of I people. I personally don't see the point. Really? He, yeah. He, here's why. Give me your corporate shill speak. No, it's not even that. It's, as, as someone who rides a damn bike now, I bought one. Yeah, it, you, did, you did. It's it's a it's a really really good bike for what it does. I don't. I would have been more impressed if they made like a Street Fighter GT type thing, or if this. You're gonna pay a lot more money for the 17 inch wheel version bike. I I bet you anything it's gonna be a twenty eight thousand dollar bike. Twenty eight probably. Twenty eight probably. How much did I say the V four was gonna cost? Thirty thirty one thirty two. No, I didn't say that. It you was said twenty thirty thousand. It was twenty something. I think you were in the thirty thousand dollar range. No, we, no, that wasn't. We, I said I was like, I think there's gonna be a thirty thousand dollar bike, but the the tipping point for me owing you burgers was not thirty thousand dollars. It was twenty seven, twenty eight. Fine. I think this is gonna. Uh, I think this is gonna go to that. Okay. I mean, look, I'm looking at it, his, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is where I end up buying you a burger, but I think this bike is gonna I'm come not out as, as a special bike. <laughs> no burger betting from now on. <laughs> I think that it took this like is, a year to get right on that. And this is this is where I keep wondering because Ducati's not telling me anything, so I keep believing that this is going to be a, a special edition motorcycle, right? I don't even know if it's going to be called the Pikes Peak anymore, but something. I really hope it's not. I don't. I, I you, hope they don't. You, you talk. I got lots of ideas here. And the whole point of it having seventeen-inch wheels front and back is just to make it sportier, sharper handling. All the things that are, maybe even the single-sided swing arm, so people can finally go, "Oh, thank goodness that's back," yeah. because that matters. Um, and I get it. It looks beautiful, but if they're going to make this bike be a sharper handling motorcycle, then I don't see any real merit in having a big adventure touring bike that does that. They should have made something a little bit smaller, a little lighter, a little sportier. And so I'd made a joke with Ducati North America and said, what you guys should do is put the Panigale V4 motor in this thing, make it a 200 horsepower bike. Then I'd be like, holy shit, that'd be cool. But then it would make sense for it for it to be a $28,000 bike. I, I am proud of you, sir. I am proud of you. Oh, thanks. Because because that's exactly, I don't think I said the V4R, but for me, if you're going to come up with this bike, like I am sick and tired of seeing Multistrada Pikes Peaks where it's just a livery yeah. and some a little parts bit of carbon. catalog bullshit. Right. And that, like I get it, like that sells. But what I really want is a sportier version of the Panigale, v, of, Panigale of the Multistrada. Yeah. And in this case, like, if you're just going to give me a single side swing arm and a 17 inch wheel and the paint job and the carbon bits, I'm not convinced, no. especially when you're telling me the 19 inch wheel is good enough. But if you put in the, let's say the street fighter, I was willing to go street fighter V4 motor in there. Yeah, the, that's fine. Just put the, put the, the cheater V4 1103 CC motor. Yeah, the regular Desmo Sidici Stradale engine, yep. Desmodromic valves. Just give all the, all the things that Ducati people like and say like, here's your 200 horsepower multi-strata it's got a quick shifter the pegs are up a little bit higher it's yep. got the sports screen it's got you know speed lasers 
Like this is a sport bike that tours. Yeah, it cuts down Priuses in half yeah. when you pass them. You do that. I'm stoked. I, I would buy one. I would actually get rid of mine and buy one. Put some winglets on it. Fuck yeah. It's already why got, not? It's already got kind of winglets it on it. It kind of does, but fuck it. Kinda, put, yeah. put more. And put more. Make them bigger. Put make biplane. Turbocharger. Yeah. But no, I absolutely think right. You if put that, that? that Stradale motor in there. Ugh. That would be an amazing bike. That would be a more expensive. That would be a premium, you know, like a faster, sportier version of a Multistrada. Yes. I, I would get behind that bike so hard and fast. That's what that bike needs in my mind to make sense in terms of the like stratification of the, of the Multistrada lineup. Right. Because otherwise, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And it's interesting because a lot of people want to say, wow, the 19-inch wheel is more vague feeling, blah, blah, blah. Dude, 99% of the time you're on the street and I guarantee, I, I would wager that you can't actually feel the difference. I'm telling you as someone who came from an Enduro, which did have a more vague front end on there, that this is a much sharper bike. This handles almost as well as a as the previous generation 1260 Multistrada with 17-inch wheels on there. I don't feel uncomfortable leaning that thing over to the point where my knee's on the ground. It's fine. I can tell the difference, but I do agree that this bike isn't like the previous Enduros. Like this, oh. it, that 19-inch wheel does pretty good. A lot of people that are bemoaning the lack of a 17, I think, would be surprised at how good that 19 right. can get. And and I know this through sales because every time somebody says that to me and I let them test ride it, they come back and go, shit, I can't really tell that big of a difference. It actually feels just fine. A couple of people said, no, I want to wait for this single-sided swing arm thing to come out, and I will probably buy that one, which is fine. It's great. I'm into it. So I appreciate Ducati listening to people and making something, but boy, oh boy, if they put that V4 motor in there, like the Panigale V4 or the Street Fighter V4 motor in it, that would be epic. Something I just remembered, and this is interesting. It doesn't have electronic suspension on it. In the spy photos that we've seen, the, so the, so it's more Pike Speak like. So it's more Pike Speak like, right? So you're saying like twenty eight thousand dollars, right? If you take the electronic suspension off, that takes some of the cost off. You would think so. That could that could create some room that the more expensive Desmo Sedici Stradale motor could be used, right? And then not have like an, an egregiously large pr- uh, price tag. Keep it under thirty. I'm telling you, it could happen. I have no information on this. I don't. So, I don't actually because we we know the Pikes Peak name from a government document. I want to say it was carb filing, and I don't think we saw any emission differences. So oh. I'm kind of like, Arr! but that's what I would do if I was Ducati. If someone was listening and writing down notes, that would be my my big takeaway. The Pikes Peak was more expensive than its, you know, its a uh, S model. Yeah, the S model. Yeah. Because they had the same engine transmission chassis. Yeah. It was just a different suspension. The S model has the Skyhook electronically adjustable suspension. The Pikes Peak has got the Olin's mechanically adjustable suspension. Yeah. And then the S model had the cast wheels, and the Pikes Peak had the uh, Marchesini spoke chicken foot wheels, the one the you know, the, the three spoke. The three spoke. The three spoke with the three spokes. The three three spoke, nine spoke wheel, I guess. Fractal. Uh, <laughs> it's like a fractal. Whoa. So, the, but. And then it had like the carbon fiber front fender, carbon fiber fiber little nostrils on it. The windscreen was the windscreen was carbon, and that bike cost about three grand more than the S. And I used to always think like, and I'm like you, I've got a real soft spot. I've always I've always loved the Pikes Peak so much. I think they're beautiful, amazing, fun bikes. But it's like just dollar speaking, I would have bought an S and put some lighter wheels on it and had a bike with bags and everything heated yeah. grips everything yeah 
What do you feel about the Pikes Peak name for a bike like this? I think at this point it's a Halo name, so much like Hayabusa, and they're probably going to keep it. Really? I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's. I think it's. Dumb. Think of how many years they've kept that name. They're not just going to suddenly get yeah, rid of it. Yeah, but they didn't. This bike. This is a bike that has never been to Pikes Peak. Right. It didn't get raced there. Uh, you're not racing there probably ever again. Yep. Uh, the last time you were there, you were on a Street Fighter V4, and it didn't end so well. Right. Like, why are so you digging that up? the name. Why are you digging that up? Multistrada V4, V4S, and V4 Sport already. Right. So those are the three names that are for the current Multistrada. So what are they going to call this? The Multistrada V4 R? Titties? Yeah, V417, V4. I like the R. I like the R name. Yeah, but if you're going to give it the R name, give it the, the... the. I could look. I could overlook it if you're telling me they're not going to put the R motor in there. If yeah, you're just gonna, give it the regular V4. Yeah, uh, give me the Stradale. Yeah, give me the Stradale. That's still a 205 horsepower motor, man. Yeah. I, I've, I, I would not. I'm telling you, my beautiful Tiffany blue bike would be traded in. If they did that. Is it too late to call a guy? Call a guy. <laughs> I'll paint that thing teal. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, I would be. That's how I would do it. I, I don't. I'm worried that that's not going to be the case, though. Probably not. I mean, you know, we said all this shit about the. Uh, maybe it can be. They're a small enough company, but I don't know if they're going to do I just it. don't think that's where their head's at. No, I don't we, think so. I talked to. I think they're just trying to appease the masses that were like, bah, where's the single sided swinger? I'm the 17 inch wheels. Yeah. Fine. We'll put that on there. We're going to charge you a little extra money because of extra work we have to do here. I talked to some people at the Multistrada V4 launch about the Pikes Peak model because it was kind of rumored right around that time. Right. And the impression I got was like, yeah, no, what's wrong with calling it Pikes Peak? What's wrong? Like, we've done this before. Like, everything you just yeah. said, basically. I was just like, man, I'm kind of I'm bummed I hear you say that. Like, I don't, that's not where my head's at. Yeah, I bet they do it. Because the name yeah. the name already makes people go, oh, yeah, it's a thing they did before. Yeah. It's like Ferrari, you know, if t- tomorrow Ferrari made a car and called it a Ferrari Daytona. Yeah. Long time ago, they raced there, and I get it that they used to have a Ferrari Daytona, but the name will still make you go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Interesting. There's word association here. I'm still excited to see this bike. I am as well. I think it's going to be sharp. It's going to be fun. But man, if they did that little bit of extra, ugh, ugh. I would buy that bike and go do track days on there and just spank people in Group A with it. Well, at least in my mind, I would be. Two up. Hell yes. You can spank people too up. Oh, man. Passing you on the outside just to fuck with you. That's the transition song. I like it. Aprilia RS660 Trofeo is now available. Trofeo. 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 It's going to make 105 horsepower. I just got to drive a Maserati Quadroporte Trofeo, which, by the way, I love Italians for doing stuff like this. The Maserati four-door trophy. Yeah. They just called the four-door, and people are like, fuck, yeah, so sexy. Yeah. So anyway, Everything I, sounds better in Italian. I, so I, I I was tickled that Aprilia is using the Trofeo name. Yeah. Um, this is a bike we've seen before and been rumors of and helped kind of like whet the appetite for that street model to come out, but now it's finally available through the Aprilia Factory Works program. So you were asking me before the show if this is something we can buy in America. Yep. And I think my answer was kind of. We'll yeah, kind of. Is it kind of because then you can just buy the parts of it at the dealership and make your own Trofeo? Okay. So the way the Factory Works program works is you go into your Prelia dealership that is Factory Works certified. Not all of them are. A lot of them are, though. Okay. 
Uh, and that usually means they've had a mechanic go to Nawale and learn how to do the cool things. It, it's a bike you order from not Aprilia, but Aprilia Racing. Whoa. So this comes out of the same shop that's making the MotoGP bikes that was making the World Superbike. So you can buy an RSV4 factory works and they've got like a ton of options. You can go from 210 horsepower all the way up to like 250 horsepower. Yeehaw. Depending on how crazy you want to get. Like they'll they'll put pneumatic valves in that fucker if you want it to. Uh if you've got the coin, you I was got the say, time. If you got the money. Yeah, you got the money. It's it's reasonable money though. So that's where like this this trophio is uh fourteen seven MSRP euros, euros, which is gonna be like you know sixteen grand or whatever it is, <laughs> um, and you can like kind of like balk your nose at it, but understand like that's a what thirteen thousand dollar motorcycle retail, and you're gonna put like easily another three grand of parts yeah, on it. This is a new bike, yeah. You know, it's not like you're buying it off Craigslist, so it's gonna cost some coin, um, but. You know, they they literally make it in the race shop. It's got a race ACU. It's it's ready to go. It's safety wired. It's you know some some Giuseppe from the race team has been building it, and they're good bikes. I've seen them up close in person in the RSV4 package, and I'm really stoked to see that they're doing this with the RS660. Um, they're quoting about uh, what was it? Well, I did the math. It was like 370 pounds wet, which is a little on the heavy side for it. But 105 horsepower on pump gas. I mean, come on, that's nothing to to in this category. Turn your nose up at yeah, that's crazy tins. That's crazy talk. The idea that you can buy basically a race ready, I mean, track day or race ready bike for let's say sixteen or seventeen thousand USD is is fascinating to me. Straight from the manufacturer, dude. I mean, that's Not, who else is doing that? I think that's the coolest thing that it really does. Yeah, they do some cool shit too. I'm into it. I'm way into it. I think that's badass. It um, 105 horsepower is lofty. We've got a uh, guy in town. He's making 97 and a half at yeah. the rear wheel on pump, and it's not like he's got like a crazy bike build. Oh. So they're a, impressive little machines. It's a healthy little guy. I've been watching. Uh, if it's the same person you're talking about, I've been watching him do a last couple of track days and shaking that thing down and. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch that thing haul ass down the down the track. It's loud. It's very loud. It's, it's got its own noise. Loud. He's got the same exhaust that the the Trofeo has, this SC Project yeah. exhaust. It is loud. <laughs> I don't know how. But he's you know, interestingly, noise. it didn't it didn't uh, register above the sound meter because on our track days on Sundays we're allowed to be at 103 decibels, and he never went above. Oh really? And it's loud. There was an R1 with a some kind of a crazy fire breathing SC exhaust, Pat. and that thing hit 105 almost. <laughs> he was asked very nicely maybe maybe granny shift this thing on the front straight yeah, let me teach you how to short shift yeah. son. <laughs> this is a this is a this is a track day not a race yeah. i i'm excited about this bike i think it's gonna it's gonna mess up some some dreams and the lightweight racing classes uh i'm really curious to see if the, if anyone rocks one at uh isle of man Ooh, the next time we have an isle of man i wouldn't TT. be surprised if there was one there i feel like it's a, i feel like it's gonna have to be yeah I mean, this is this is slowly and surely becoming the standard in the middleweight sport bike class. Middleweight twin. Pardon me. Yes, twin. But yes, yes. Um, it's and it's a it's a bit higher of the standard. Like you look at like the R seven that came out. Yep. I mean, I like the R seven. I think Yamaha knocked that one out of the park. But it ain't no Aprilia. Mm-mm. You know. 
Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of catching up to do here, but good on them. Um, another quick shout out MV Augusta F3 Rosso, which looks really good in red, by the way. I mean, with that name, it better be in red. So interestingly enough, it looks like MV quietly got rid of the 675 CC displacement. I haven't gotten that confirmed, but the fact that it doesn't exist anywhere in right. MV's literature now, and the fact that the Rosso comes in, uh, the whole point of it is this is a price point bike. It's only a thousand euros more than what the 675 was going for, and MV was already like, we're going to try and streamline our product lineup. So I get the feeling like this is their entry level middleweight bike now, and it comes with an IMU, comes with advanced some some new electronics. Uh, the 800, the F3 800 is like one of my favorite bikes. It's a, that's, it's such a good little bike. It looks so good now with that slash cut exhaust. <sighs> Big fan. I, I love everything about this. I personally, this is old school Shaheen speaking, but I would love for it to be red and silver. That's just to me, MV's red and silver. Is, yeah, they got, they got that. They got it. Okay. Oh, no, I take that back. Oh, come on. They, because like, I feel like right now the offering is the F3 Rosso and the F3 RC and the RC is the one that looks like their world super sport bike. Got it. Um, but I feel like that could change because they've had those colors before. I showed the um, the Rush model to <laughs> yeah. Dan Trotty. Oh, geez. And he didn't think that was a real bike. He kept looking at it. He's like, son of a bitch, that's a real bike? I thought it was a drawing. <laughs> he thought it was like a concept drawing from like an upcoming like Akira movie or something. Yeah, but he's like <laughs> he's like one newsletter away from thinking the world is flat. So <laughs> that guy. Dan is smarter than both of us. <laughs> that guy. We were talking about like why people think the earth is flat and why like aliens have visited or what was the other, what was the other conspiracy? Anti-vaxxers or something like that. And I'm just looking at him like, you know, you're just like (laughs) just, just a breath away from, from going down that road. Right. And anyone, anyone in the industry that knows Dan Trotty is like, yeah, totally. Dan Trotty is a damn angel. Hashtag T man. Big fan of Dan Trotty. She finally got to meet him. He brought me mountain dude. He's all right. He's all right in my book. That's all it takes sometimes, you know? That's all it takes. Uh, I think that's all I got, sure. That's all you got? Um, we've got one in our pro sign up to shout out because we've, we've forgotten him uh, a few times. Yeah. So it's, 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 I blamed you actually. Wait, me? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because it came through like on the Instagram and he did tell me. Yeah. He did tell me. And then I was like, I, and I saw it and I was like, well, no one told me. So, uh, Brandon, we apologize. Like, it's probably been like eight shows since you signed up for <laughs> pro. at least maybe nine. <laughs> So it's been it's been well overdue, but uh, I just found out about it recently. So <laughs> <laughs> not Sorry, to push a human under the bus or anything, but <laughs> I was going to use some excuse about being busy, and that is the thing. But you know, I also have ADD, and I forget a lot. Listen, next time, just email webraptalk at gmail You do read those, and I, I I check in like once a week. Yeah, I don't usually reply, but I, I at least check in. I've been I've been trying to reply to people. You do a good job. You do a much better job than I do. I'm a I am I I actually like writing. You are a customer focused person. You, That's you, my job. Your job at the dealership is perfect for you. If I had your job, <laughs> Motocorse would be out of business in two weeks. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, you can get the bike in any color you want as long as it's Ducati red. Otherwise, get the fuck out, okay? You this want is it or shop. not? Anyways, that's all I got for next week. All right, sir. Same, well, bat, cha- same bat time, same bat channel? Yeah. Little we'll, thing? No, we'll figure it out. Good talk. Good talk. Remember, uh, reach out to us on webraptalk at gmail.com. Instagram at Brap Talk, Twitter. You're still doing the Twitter? At We Brap Talk? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we we Twitter. I don't do the Twitter. That's your thing. A little banter. Uh, A little little banter. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Facebook, search for Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. 
write in y'all i like it when when i talk to you i i really really i truly genuinely enjoy chatting with our writer uh readers listeners both readers and listeners we get some really good emails we get some great instagram messages um not so much on facebook it's mostly instagram and, and email i don't even know if i have messaging on for facebook I see it. It's just if too it comes many. On. It's too many things. I have to go through like three different steps to get to it, but I see it. It lights up, but it's it doesn't light things. up very often. It's too many things. That's fine. Just IG me. Slide into my DMs. I was say, yo. Slide into those DMs. Yeah. Tell me what's the. Um, other than that, make some good choices. And remember, safety turd. Good talk. See y'all. Bye. There. Boy, refrigerator's gotten aggressive. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. I think it's time to change that thing, man. It's just like the the belly pan leak tray thing. Just being a bitch. Just being a bee. Bitch. See, then it like kind of like evens itself out. Like it yeah. finds the, right. the resonance or whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. <clears throat> mm.